Awesome. Well, good morning. My name is Grace. Um, I'm one of the interns here, and I've had the honor and the privilege of, of being able to participate in, with you guys and, and get to be part of your family for two months. And it's been an honor for both Bailey and I. Um, and we're going to do service a little bit differently today, if you haven't noticed by our, our Lord stage, and, and things are a little different. But I want to start out by taking you guys, we're going to jump right in. So we're going to jump right into scripture. And if you guys have a Bible or a phone, if you want to go with me to 2 Samuel chapter 6. And I should get there too. But to give you guys some background as you're going there, 2 Samuel, it's a book in the Old Testament. And at this time we have the people of Israel. And we have the Ark of the Covenant. Now, if you don't know what the Ark of the Covenant is, the Ark of the Covenant represented God's presence to the people. It was essential. It was key to the people of Israel. But at this time in history, the Ark of the Covenant, their essential peace, their heart, had been captured and had been taken away from them. And after, you can read the full story for yourself, but this long series of events happened and they got the Ark of the Covenant back and they were bringing it into their country and this was a huge deal to them. Their heart, their life, their essence, everything was coming back to their country. But their heart, what they really, really wanted is they wanted to bring God's presence into the heart of the country, their main city, Jerusalem. And again, you guys can read the full story for yourself, but. They tried once and mistakes were made and the ark didn't make it there. And one day after a few months had passed, David said, guys, we have to go get it. We have to bring God's presence back into our main city. We have to get it. So King David, he gets up, he gathers his people together. They go out, they get the ark of the covenant. And in chapter six, and we can read starting in verse 12, it talks about the rejoicing. They were offering sacrifices. This was a celebration. The people were getting their heart, their main part back into their capital city. So you have this long parade of people and they're going to their city. They have God's presence. They're worshiping this huge parade of people. But then partway through the story, our viewpoint changes. It changes from this large crowd of people to one person, the king, King David. See, King David, he started out the day in his kingly robes, gathering his people, leading his people to go get the ark. But at some point, something changed. And in this story, we see him taking off the kingly robes and wearing an ephod, which was something that a priest would wear, not something that a king would wear. But he doesn't stop there. He starts to dance. The Bible says that he danced with all his might before God. And this is, this is counter-cultural. This is counter, you know, it's against society. What is he doing? But he's dancing. He's worshiping God with everything in him. So David, King David, got down from his position, started worshiping God. The presence that they had longed for, they're bringing it into their capital city. It's a celebration. And as they enter the city, the Bible tells us that David's wife, Michal, in verse 16, she's not with the crowd, but she's in a window and she looks down and she sees this. But the funny thing is she doesn't, she doesn't see the long procession of people. She doesn't see the worship, the sacrifices. She doesn't see that. She sees David. And instead of seeing David's heart, his worship, she says, look at him. Look how he has dishonored himself. He's not a king anymore. He got down from his king to worship God. That is dishonorable. Verse 16 tells us the words are, she despised him in her heart. Guys, that's strong language. King David followed God. He was worshiping, leading his people, and she despised him. But the celebration continued. 
and the end of the day comes and everybody has to go home. So people start to go home and, and when we read that David, David goes home. Now men, I, I can't speak from experience, but I, I was blessed to grow up in a household with two parents. So I sometimes had the occasion when I was a rough child, which was many times I'm sure, that my father would walk into the house, get done from work, and my mom would be standing there and he knew. She didn't have to say a word. He would walk in within 30 seconds, he knew. And she's like, oh, she is angry. Like no words were spoken, walks in, oh yeah. And this is what David walks into. He walks in, you can picture it, Michaela, she's standing there and he knows. No words have to be spoken, he just looks at her. And she looks at him and out of her heart that despised him, she said, how the king of Israel has honored himself today. He exposed himself in the sight of the slave girls of his subjects like a vulgar person would. She lets him have it. Standing there looking angry, that's not good enough. And she gives it to him. If my page will work. Now David's response, David's response is beautiful. See, David, he answers wisely to her and with a little bit of, of gusto. But he looks at her and he responds. And then in verse 22, he says, I will become even more undignified than this. I will be humiliated in my own eyes. But by these slave girls you spoke of, I will be held in honor. He looked at her and he said, oh yeah, my God called me to do it. I did it. But guess what? I will not stop there. I will take it a step further if that's what my God calls me to do. So in the next few minutes, we're going to head into a time of worship. And I want you guys to remember that phrase when David looked at her and he said, I will become even more, even more. Guys, God has not called us to sit still. He has not called us to be silent. He has called us to even more. He has called us to that response of saying, I will not stop, but I will go more. God, we thank you, Lord God, for who you are. We thank you, God, that all the earth will shout your praise. We thank you, Lord, that Stockholm will shout your praise, God. We thank you that Sweden will shout your praise, God. You are so good and you are worthy of all of our praise, God. We thank you. God, I pray that your spirit, Lord God, will fill this room, God. God, we pray for, for your Holy Spirit, Lord, to be here in a tangible way, God. We thank you that your spirit is here, God. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing, Lord. We thank you for what you will do. God, we give you all the glory and all the praise. Thank you, Lord. Amen.